We're talking about guarding the heart. Now, that hit me kind of different last night and this morning. We've been talking about one thing for seven weeks at about an hour each time, sometimes a little more. I'm working on it. But that ought to tell you how much there is in the Word of God that you could talk for seven hours about one thing and still not come to the end of it. That's how living His Word is. That's how alive this thing is. And I know a lot of it we go back over, but that's because this is how mind renewal takes place. These are not things, this is not a one and done kind of thing where, okay, I heard that next. No, you got to keep hearing it and keep hearing it and keep hearing it. And may, yeah, maybe you were here last week, but maybe somebody else wasn't and they need to hear it. And maybe they hadn't been with us before. And, and we, we all need to hear these things again and again. And listen to how crucial this is. These things we're talking about in Proverbs chapter four. I'm going to look at it again from several translations. And I ask you today, use your faith with me. Don't just sit there. Don't just pass the time. Use your faith with me that in this message today, that we wouldn't just be hearing concepts. That's the last thing I want in a church is just, just to be some place where, where concepts get talked about for a little while and then we fill up on some knowledge and then we head out of the room. I'm not satisfied with that. And I don't think you should be either. We should come into this place hungry, yes, for the word, but expecting to encounter God. Amen. Expecting a manifestation of Jesus. And Jesus said we could have it. He said in John chapter 14 that if anybody loved him, they'd be loved by the Father and that he would manifest himself to them. Now, whatever it is you're going through, tell me how it wouldn't be helped by a manifestation of Jesus. I don't care what it is. Is there something that you're dealing with that it's like, well, a manifestation of Jesus is good, but it doesn't fix this. Ha! Huh. No such thing exists. Jesus showing up, Jesus being real, Jesus being seen fixes it. Whatever it is, it fixes it. So I want you believing with me today for that, expecting to see Jesus. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20. Solomon's writing to his son, speaking to him and said, My son, Give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Don't let them depart from your eyes. Notice these words. Keep them in. Won't you say that with me? Keep them in. Keep what in? My words. Keep my words in the midst of your heart. Now he goes on and says in verse 23 to keep. So there's that word again. And we've seen this week after week, studying other scriptures throughout the word of God. You see this word come up over and over, keep it. And you see in uh, verse 23, he said, keep your heart with all diligence for out of it springs the issues of life. The New Living Translation shows you what the word keep means. He said, guard your heart. Do You see that up here? Guard your heart. Don't just guard it. Guard it above all else, above anything else. People guard valuable things. They don't guard junk. People don't invest in security systems for junk, for trash. But if it's valuable, if it's precious, you guard it. And here he said, guard your heart 
above all else. Why? For it determines, your heart determines the course of your life. You want to know how you ended up where you are right now? Your heart brought you here. Wherever you are in life, good, bad, or ugly, <laughs> your heart did it. Your heart brought you here. Wherever you're headed, guess what's going to take you there? Your heart and the condition of your heart. He said, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. The Young's literal translation said, above every charge, keep your heart. Above every charge, above everything I've told you. And I've told you a lot of important things, he would say. And you look through the book of Proverbs and you see one charge after another from father to son. And wisdom coming out of the mouth of this father, trying to set his son up for success. Trying to set him up for success financially. That's in the book of Proverbs. Trying to set him up for success relationally. That's in the book of Proverbs. Trying to set him up for success in his relationship with people, in his relationship and fellowship with God. Trying to set him up for success. He gives him legal counsel. If you ever get into a legal situation, this is what you do. All of this is in the book of Proverbs. One charge after another. Now, I don't know if it was over Solomon's lifetime or in one afternoon. I've had some conversations with mom and dad like that, that seemed like a 31 chapter lecture. But whatever it was, it was charge after charge after charge. But notice what he said right here, above every charge, more than anything else I've told you, guard your heart. Guard your heart. Why? Because if your heart's protected, you'll do the right thing with your finances. If your heart's in the right shape, you'll do the right thing relationally. If your heart has been kept, you'll know what to do should you get into any kind of legal situation, any kind of pressure situation. So guard your heart above everything else. Guard your heart. God's word translation says it like this. Guard your heart more than anything else because the source of your life flows from it. Now, here's what I've, since the Lord uh, encouraged me to impress on you today before we move on. I said this to you a number of weeks ago and for several weeks in a row. I said, you need a guard. You need a guard on your heart. And we're starting to learn what the function of a guard actually is. It's got two main functions. To keep out what doesn't belong in and to keep in what doesn't need to get out. And we've seen that over and over through scripture. The guard keeps out things that don't belong in. The guard also keeps things in. Did you notice he said, keep them in the midst of your heart? Keep my words in. And I told you several times, you need a guard. You need a guard. You need a guard. And that's right and it's true. But man, the Lord drove this home to me with emphasis yesterday. He said, Jeremy, you're the guard. And I think I know that and I think you know that, but maybe not well enough. You are the guard of your own heart. Nobody else, including God, can be the guard of your heart. You are. You're the guard. You and only you are the one who determines what gets in. You and only you are the one that determines what gets in front of your eyes and gets to stay there. Only you determine what gets to go in your ears over and over because every part connects to the heart. So whatever's getting in the eyes on a consistent basis, guess where it's headed? 
to the heart. So don't sit there and watch trash on TV thinking it's just entertainment and it's not affecting me. And let me just encourage you once again with this. There is very, very, very little that this world has to offer by way of entertainment or information that has any business in your heart. Don't feed on that trash. It's headed for the heart. You're the guard. You're the guard. So when you take the day off and you leave the guard post, guess what? Whatever, whatever your enemy wants in, it's headed in. And whatever needs to be retained and not let go, you're losing it. We talked some about this, about holding your peace. Peace is precious. Peace will serve as a guard over your heart if you let it. And I wanted to get into something and I'll just touch on it now. But if you go back to the Old Testament, you remember in the book of Exodus, God spoke to a man named Moses and he said, you go into Egypt and you get my people out of there. I won't go through the whole story. You know it. But he came in and he told them, the Lord God has heard your cry and he wants you out. And man, they rejoiced. They worshiped until they didn't get out, you know, by like Monday at five. And then they came back and all that worship was nowhere to be found. They're complaining. You've made it harder. What's your problem, dude? Leave us alone. And the Lord told Moses, no, I want my people out. Well, you know the story. He brought them out. Not subtly, I might add. Not quietly. Man, he brought them out in a big way. And he delivered them miraculously, obviously. I mean, so supernaturally, the hand of God was at work and the power of God on full display. I mean, cranked up to 10. No secret that God is on these people's side. He brings them out and they're on the run and they come up to the Red Sea and then they turn around and Pharaoh's army is coming after them. And they start crying and whining and complaining again. Have you brought us out here to die? It'd have been better if we stayed. Let's go back. All this is coming out. And Moses speaks up standing there at that Red Sea. And this is a pressure situation. The heat is on. The pressure's on. We got two bad options. We could drown or we could die fighting these guys. Option A and option B, neither of them sound great. I mean, what do you choose, right? When you got two choices and they both end with you dead. How do you choose? But Moses said, listen, he said, be still, be still. The Amplified Bible adds this, remain at rest. He said, the Lord God's going to fight for you today. And then he added these words, and you will hold your peace, hold your peace. You familiar with that expression? If there are any among us who see any reason that these two should not be married, let them speak now or hold your peace. Say something or keep your mouth shut. Speak now or the other option is if you're not going to talk, hold your peace. You notice how holding your peace is connected with not letting junk come out of your mouth? The talking, the whining, the complaining, guess where your peace is going? Bye, peace. There goes my peace. You wanna hold it? Keep your mouth shut. Unless you can say something in faith, then just keep your mouth shut. Speak now or shut up. <laughs> right? 
Is that too harsh? I apologize. Speak now or kindly close your mouth. <laughs> there are things that don't belong in and things that you don't need to let out. You got to be a guard. So why don't you say it? I am the guard of my own heart. I decide what gets in. I decide what stays out. Now, listen, you might have to get a little bit indignant about this sometimes. You may have to be a little bit forceful. I'm not watching this. I'm not listening to this. I'm not feeding on this trash. You might have to draw a hard line for your family. When the kids are watching something and you walk through the room and it just agitates you on the inside, that's the spirit of God speaking up in you. Don't let this in. Don't let this in. Man, I used to watch a show as a teenager when, especially when mom wasn't there, I could watch this and dad would come in and we both would think it was funny. And I kid you not, as soon as mom would walk in the room, they'd say something bad about God or something <laughs> making fun of the Bible. And me and dad both would be like, we got caught. We're busted. And man, it's kind of a running joke in our family, but mom didn't put up with this stuff. You shouldn't be more like my mom. Come on. We shouldn't be putting up with this stuff, tolerating a world's agenda coming into our house. And if you do, if it's just on all the time and they're just preaching to you, their position and their worldview, don't be shocked when your kids are confused. They get a lot more time away from you than they do with you. You have to capitalize on the time we have together. And if you got to draw a line, draw a line. They'll thank you. Maybe not right now, but later on. I mean, I can attest to that. I'm grateful. I'm grateful that there were things I was not allowed to see. Things I was not allowed to go do. But everybody else is, I don't care. What's mom doing? What's dad doing? Drawing that line hard. I don't care if everybody else is in this house. Come on, I said in this house. There's different rules in the house of faith. There are different rules. And none of that's in these notes. So the big reason that you and I are to guard our hearts is because this is the part of us that God communicates with. This is the part of you that is determining the course of your life. And there are so many people, I never hear God. I never hear God. I never hear the voice of God. Well, we talked about that, didn't we? Jesus said the pure in heart see him. So if you're not seeing him and you're not hearing him, it's not because there's wax <laughs> built up in these things on the side of your head. Maybe there is or isn't, but that's not the reason you're not hearing God. It's a heart issue, right? This heart's got to be clear. My son, pay attention to my words. I know you got a bunch of other words and voices you could be listening to. Come on, pay attention to these because these are life. These are medicine. These are health. And that's the big reason we have to guard this heart and keep it clear. This is where God speaks to you. This is where you hear from him. This is how he communicates with you. And if for no other reason, that should be enough to put up that guard, to be the guard of your own heart. Amen. Thank you, Lord. I want to go back to the book of Matthew chapter 13. We've been looking at the, uh, this parable, the parable of the sower. You could call it the parable, uh, the parable of the seed. 
It's in Matthew 13, it's in Mark 4, it's in Luke chapter 8. And um, this is something Jesus said that is so powerful and so critical. I mean, he told this parable and his disciples came back and said, why are you preaching in parables? And he said, look, if you don't understand this, then how will you understand anything? There are master keys in what Jesus said in this parable. But you could refer to it as the parable of the seed or the sower. But honestly, you could say it's the parable of the ground. And what he talks about in this parable are different types of grounds. And I'll just go over it quickly again with you. It won't take time to read the whole thing again. But Jesus said, a sower went out to sow, right? That's what sowers do. And get the picture here. And I imagine in places it's still like this today. But in that time particularly, a sower would sow. And this was not one seed in the hole at a time and move down the line and plant another and then plant. No, it was a scattering of seed. It was reaching into that bag and throwing that seed like this. And now we've got machinery that does that, but it's the same principle, a scattering of seed. And Jesus said, a sower went out to sow, to scatter that seed. And he said, it fell on different types of ground. You remember this? He said, some of that seed fell on wayside ground and the birds came and devoured it. He said some of that seed fell on stony ground, that shallow earth with rock just beneath it. And he said it sprang up right away, but because it had no depth of earth, it didn't take root. The sun came up, the heat got turned up, and it scorched it. He said immediately it withered away, right away. So we're 0 for 2. The seed's been sown twice so far. And how much has it produced? Not one thing, nothing. Then he said some seed fell among thorns and the thorns sprang up and it choked it and it became unfruitful. So 0 for 3. Now, if you stop right there and if you don't know anything about ground, you think it's just the responsibility of the seed to produce, then your thought is there might be something wrong with this seed. It's not working. It's not working. It's not working. I say that because that's what people all over the world right now in church are saying, it's not working. That is the motto of frustration, isn't it? It's not working. Why isn't this working? It's supposed to be working. And that's what frustration is. You have an expectation that's set up here, and then for some reason, reality's way down here, and it's that space between, between what you expected to happen and what's actually happening that tries to breed frustration. It's not working. It's not working. It's not working. Why isn't it working? Why isn't it working? But the moment this seed fell on that fourth kind of ground that Jesus called good ground, he said it fell on good ground and it produced some a hundredfold, some 60, some 30. And then the Bible says he cried. You know, Jesus is a preacher and, and loud sometimes. Makes me not feel too bad about getting a little loud myself. Jesus cried, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. And everybody's going, I got ears. Everybody out there has got ears. They heard it, but very few heard it. They all saw him, but precious few saw him. Now, the moment that seed fell on good ground and it actually worked, what do you know? Nothing wrong with the seed. It's not the seed's fault. It's not the seed's problem. So then what do you have to do? Do you go back to the sower? Is it the sower's fault? No. So it's not a problem with the sower. It's not a problem with the seed. It must be a problem with the ground. The ground is the issue. So 
the disciples came to Jesus and said, explain this to us. And Jesus said, the sower sows the word. Luke's account says the word of God is the seed. Now I'm going to drive this home to you again. There's nothing wrong with the seed. It's not a seed problem. If something's not working, if something's not producing, I want, you to, I want this to be the first thought that comes to your mind and heart. Okay, nothing wrong with this seed. And you know it's not the sower's fault. Jesus is the sower. He's the one scattering seed. You know it ain't a problem with the sower. So if it's not a problem with the sower and it's not a problem with the seed, it's a problem with the ground. And these four types of ground describe every person in the world. Every person in the world fits in here somewhere. Every person in this church right now, this morning, fits in here somewhere. Because seed's being scattered. Do you know that? That's what I'm doing this morning. I'm just reaching in the bag and throwing it. And I'm not just talking to one person or two. Everybody. Those in the room, those watching, just scattering seed. Scattering seed, scattering seed. But if you go back to what Jesus said, it got sown four times and only worked once. Why? And remember, we're not accepting the answer that sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. We're not putting up with traditional religion that has no answers. Don't, don't be satisfied with that. Go back to the word and find out what it says. And Jesus said, these are those that heard the word on the wayside ground. That's that hard packed ground. He said, when it fell on wayside, it just sat there and the birds came and devoured it because it didn't get in. That's the problem with this ground. It didn't sink in. Jesus said, those are people who hear the word, but don't understand it. And we, we realized that what he was saying there was that's those who don't value it. Luke's account says it fell on wayside ground and it was trodden down. That's where people walk. That's where animals walk. You don't walk on what's valuable to you. You don't walk across precious things that you own. You don't leave them out on the floor and wipe your feet on them when you come in the house. If it's valuable to you, if it's precious to you, it's protected. And if it's protected, Satan can't come and steal it. But Satan can steal the word from anybody who hears it and has no idea what they've heard. Doesn't understand how valuable it is what they've heard. It's just like sitting there throwing seed at somebody's head. It's not sinking in. And like that ground that was so hard, when the heart is hard, it won't sink in. And that is most of the world. You could fit nearly the entire world in that category right there. People who have no value for the things of God. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Legacy TV podcast. We hope you enjoyed this. And if you'd like to hear more of Jeremy and Sarah, subscribe to this podcast and download the Legacy Studios app. From there, you'll have access to the Legacy Television broadcast, the Legacy Letter magazine, and so much more. You can also visit pearsonsministries.com to contact us directly and find out how you can get involved with everything that's happening here at Legacy Studios. Be blessed today. We love you. Remember, you are always welcome here in the House of Faith.